Well, good morning, friends. Uh, my name's Larry. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm just really thankful to be with you um, wherever you're at. And I want to say that just like many of you, I just want you to hear from me that I wish we could be with one another in community right now. And I'm thankful that you're doing your part as hard as it is right now to love others, that this is what love requires of us to do in this season. And I've, like many of you, have had uh, a few instances where I've ran into some of you in the community, in the grocery store, or, you know, out getting what we need to get. And uh, it fills me up to see you face to face. And uh, I know that so many of you and so many of us are missing the communal experience. And so that's why things like Rooted or even the service is really important. And that's why, like I've watched actually this morning, those of you participating in the chat room are in community praying for one another. I mean, it was really beautiful to watch you and us carry one another right now in whatever's going on. Uh, you know, I saw something from an Uncle Don, and uh, I've seen people who are, are looking for rest, and that's just overwhelmed. And this community, you can still be in it, even though it doesn't feel the same, because you don't get to see, you don't get to touch your friends, um, your fellow brothers and sisters, um, but there are ways we can do it. So thank you for stepping into that. And if you're missing that, step into that. Um, we are full of emotions right now. We've been doing this series called You're Not the Boss of Me, which is this idea of we need to say no to emotions that can take control of us. And I know many of us, myself included, are a ball of emotions. And like we're finding ourselves being emotional or getting there so much faster than we've found it before. There's literally nowhere to hide right now. There's nowhere to run. There doesn't feel like there's places of rest. And so our emotions have us. They have our kids. If you have kids, they have your kids too. Everyone is processing and trying to process and deal with all of the emotions involved. And so we need to have a conversation about it. There's a lot of really beautiful things that the Bible has to say about it. We've talked about that the emotions, the things that are in us, that are part of our heart, when we get rattled, when we get shaken up, when there's nowhere to run, those things come out of us. And it can be something that it says in Matthew will defile you, or it can be something that is rich and it's beautiful and it's kind and it's gentle and it's loving. And so we've been having a conversation about our emotions and what to do with those and how to deal with those and that we have a better boss, that we have a better boss and we need to not let our emotions be the boss of us. And last week we had a conversation about anger and our frustration and how anger doesn't need to be the boss of us. And quite frankly, I don't think any of you or family or friends want anger to be the boss of you as well. And so today, um, we're going to take another step in talking about emotions. This, this is the one thing that keeps you from celebrating other people's success. It keeps you from initiating an apology when you know that you were wrong. It keeps you from initiating an apology when you know you were only 5% wrong, and the other person was 95% wrong. It's a thing that keeps you arguing your point after you realize that you don't even really have a good point. It keeps you from admitting that you have lost. It keeps you from admitting weakness. It keeps you from admitting that you need help. 
It keeps you from admitting that you don't know what you're doing, even though everyone else knows that you don't know what you're doing. It keeps you from being honest with yourself. keeps you from being honest with others. It keeps you from learning new things because you want the people around you to think that you know everything. It's what causes you to feel good when others fail. It's what causes you to power up when you should be opening up. It's what causes you to cheat before you allow yourself to lose. And it's what causes you to lie about your past. And it's what causes you to have to have the final word. And finally, it's what causes you to buy things to impress people who aren't even really paying attention. So today, what are we talking about? Pride. Pride. You like how the eye's in there? This is an emotion that wells up in us. It can take over us. I love how C.S. Lewis puts it in his book, Mere Christianity. He says, unchastity, anger, greed, drunkenness are mere flea bites in comparison. Pride leads to every other vice. So let's talk about pride for just a minute. And uh, for those of you who right now are feeling uh, pride well up in you, like I don't need to have a conversation about pride right now, that's kind of who I want to talk to. So this isn't like a bump elbows with someone who's around you. This isn't already like, oh man, this is going to be one of those that I need to like text or like silently to send to somebody else. I want you to listen to this for you and for me and as we talk about this emotion that can explode out of us and the damage it has. See, pride, it actually diminishes you. It diminishes you. What does it do? What does it diminish in you? It diminishes our capacity, your capacity to do three things, to admit, to apologize, and to acknowledge. Pride diminishes your capacity to admit things like, I'm wrong, or like, I need help. It, it, uh, it, it, it diminishes your capacity to apologize for something or the way that you came across or how you just exploded because there's actually another issue that's going on right now and you're not dealing with that and so the safest people get the stabbing or this pride thing because I can't talk about it because I don't want you to know that I'm weak. It also diminishes your capacity to acknowledge things about you, to acknowledge things about other people and those who are around you. It, it, it diminishes your capacity to say what needs to be said. There are things that we need to say that we are not willing or unable to say because of our pride or because of these emotional issues that we're just not dealing with. And so we let that take over and we can't say things like, I love you to our kid because it's just not what we did. That's not what I did when we grew up. You know, my, my dad wasn't like that or my mom wasn't like that. And, and that's just not how we talk, right? And we know, you know, like one of those. But it diminishes your capacity to say what needs to be said, to say like, I believe in you. I support you. I care for you. Like, you can do it. This encouragement that's so desperately needed for, from other people to be able to stop and actually say those things. It diminishes our capacity to hear what needs to be heard. When, when our pride is taking over, when we're rattled and we're shaken up, we can't hear. We're listening, and we're just listening to reply, not listening to hear what we need to hear and learn what we need to learn. 
right? There's some of you maybe who are sitting here right now and you're kind of in a battle right now with your conscience because you're like, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't actually want to hear this because I've got control over my emotions. Some of you need to hear this. It also diminishes our capacity to give what needs to be given, to give support, to give care, to give courage to someone else. What, whatever you want in life, I want to tell you this, whatever you want in life, the way that God created it and the way that God creates us is that whatever you want in life, you need to give. And when you're full of pride, you can't give what needs to be given. Let me give you this example. I, this is a surefire thing I'm going to tell you right now. You can test me on this. If you want joy, you need to go find somebody who's discouraged and give them joy, and that will bring joy to you because you give it. If you, if you want love, you need to go find someone, and you need to love them, meet them where they're at, and give your love to them, and you will have a whole lot of people who love you well and deeply back. If you want uh, kindness, what do you do? You give kindness to someone else. You give kindness to others. And what do you get in return? <laughs> kindness. You see how this works? When we're able to push down our emotions or our pride in situations and we're able to give, then that's when we get the blessings and receive just the goodness and faithfulness of Jesus by living that stuff out. But when we have pride and we let that be the boss of us, we're not able to give what we need to give. See, pride, it crowds other people out. It pushes everyone else out. When you're so full of you, there's no room for anyone else. When you are so full of you, there is no room for anyone else. It's just you in this little uh, box. It, it crowds out God, too. It's not just the people around you, but pride crowds out God. It says this, the psalmist says in Psalms 10.4, it says, In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. See, we have this uh, idea that some of us, you know, deal with that, you know, to be a follower of Jesus, you're not that smart. Or you're just in a lot of need. Like, you're really broken. You're really messed up. Like, you can't handle your own business. You can't care for yourself. And I'm going to tell you that for those of you who struggle with that, I want to tell you right now that it's actually your pride, your pride, not your intellect, that is keeping you from God. It's your pride that's saying, I got this. I can do this. I can do better at this. It's not your intellect of who God is and, you know, what, what is the Bible made up of and did this story even happen? Is this hyperbole or, you know, or, or looking at someone else and saying, yeah, that, that's, that, if that represents who, who God is, then I'm out of it, right? But often it's our pride that actually does the most damage, not our intellect, that keeps us from God. See, what pride is, is pride is a prison, it is literally a prison in which we can get trapped into and everything else is pushed off around us. It shuts, out, it shuts us uh, out. It shuts others out. It shuts God's out, God out of, of the picture completely. So how, here's the thing, how do we say pride? You're not going to be the boss of me. How do we keep pride from being the boss? Well, here is 
I would say the best and easiest way, and it's quite simple, but it's difficult. It's follow Jesus and unfollow pride. Here's the simple part. Following Jesus and unfollowing pride. But here's the really difficult part. Actually following Jesus. Actually following Jesus and unfollowing pride. That takes effort. That takes hard work, right? To actually follow Jesus, to do what Jesus did, to be a disciple, to like literally they say, uh, they, they used to talk about how uh, disciples wanted to have the dust of their rabbi's feet on them because they were walking so closely in step with them. And as Jesus being our rabbi, if we're going to truly follow him step for step and we're right there with him, we should just be dusty and dirty, right? This is that whole idea of a, a holy heart is dirty hands, that we should be right on top of that. See, what do we learn from Jesus? I think one of the, the, the most amazing thing, that literally the eternity-changing thing, is that Jesus initiated reconciliation. Whoa, like where? where sorry. Well, there's lots of stories, but let me just give you the big one. It's called the cross. <laughs> Jesus initiated reconciliation between us and our Father, God. It's through him. It's because of him that he wasn't prideful about this. That we can learn, hey, this is what reconciliation looks like. That reconciliation with another person is more important than what we receive or the, or the prison that we keep ourselves in. I love, and we gave this verse last week, I love what um, Paul writes, who understood, I think, reconciliation to a, a bigger level. See, Paul, his name used to be Saul, and Paul actually thought he was doing good for God and he had a lot of pride about it as a Pharisee to the point that he was torturing and killing followers of Jesus, followers of the way, people who are spreading the good news. And there's even a story in Acts where we see that Paul actually was a part of being, uh, overseeing the stoning of Stephen. And he was a martyr then because of this. And Paul had an awakening. Paul received reconciliation from Jesus, and it literally changed everything. It's literally why we are here today, because of the work of Paul and those early disciples who witnessed or knew someone who witnessed and heard and said, that is what I need to follow. I need to stop following my own pride, my own like, I got this. I'm going to figure out how to do this. I can create my bigger blessings. Uh, you know, I can just fix all my problems and those around me, and I need to start letting him do the work that he does. And so Paul knew this so well. He says, in your relationships with one another, with each other, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So then we would say, well, what mindset was that? Well, what he did was he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a what? Of a servant. Does pride serve? Any purpose? He made himself nothing. And by taking the very nature of a servant, a servant leader, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. He didn't puff up. He didn't puff up. He humbled himself. He initiates reconciliation by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross.
So I know in our short little 25 minutes that we get today to talk about a huge emotion of pride, that there needs to be a continued conversation about such a topic and subject. And so I want to invite you right now, actually, pull out your phones, and you're going to take a picture of this. This is some, uh, you can call it a coffee table talk, right, or work conversation. There's these three, three questions that I think you need to keep this conversation going. Three questions to ask yourself. How does pride manifest itself in you? What does pride masquerade as in you? And how much longer do you plan to let pride be the boss of you? So these are, these are really difficult things. And for some of you, you're going to sit there right now and you're going to be like, ah, I don't even know how to answer that. I, I don't know how to like self-diagnose. And that's because a lot of us, we have these things called blind spots. And so this is going to be really difficult, but if you want to know the real answers to this and this self-discovery or a solicited opinion discovery, look at the people who are closest to you and around you and go seek and you're going to find exactly what these things manifest in you as and masquerade as in you and your relationships and your day-to-day life, right? They will give you the answer you're not looking for, (laughs) right? And this is a time not to be puffed up, but to really look at this and say, how do I need to follow Jesus more? So I'll I'll do a little share time. How does pride manifest itself in you? Well, I'm gonna tell you from me, if I'm gonna share right now and be very honest and show you what sharing looks like, is that it manifests, manifests itself in me by being very critical. I can be very critical of things. And that's something I really struggle with. Like, you know, I don't feel like everyone needs a participation trophy or a high five for showing up and doing what they're asked to do or a commitment that they made. Or, you know, like I've even been critical when my pride's all puffed up of, you know, someone accomplishes a task or even as simple, and I've shared something like this before as, as a, you know, a young kid, you know, drawing or coloring. And they're like, look at this awesome picture. It's really great. And you're like, meh, it's okay. <laughs> it's not like awesome. I mean, you're out of the lines and your color choice was kind of not very good, you know, but I can be very critical and that can be damaging to people around me. And what does it actually do? That actually pushes other people out. So they don't want to be around me when I'm full of pride or when I'm being critical about everything, when I can't come up with something good to say, when I can't compliment what is being done, when I can't care for and love people like they need to be loved. Or What does pride masquerade as in you? What does pride masquerade as in you? Well, again, if I was going to be really honest with you, for me personally, I become really sarcastic. I can really become sarcastic. And that doesn't help anyone. The, The definition of sarcasm is actually the tearing at the flesh. You know, we're just going to cut somebody up to, to even get a laugh or to make someone else feel less than In reality, in pride, what is it doing? It's covering up a whole bunch of nonsense in you. It's covering up a whole bunch of nonsense in me to be sarcastic about somebody. Ha ha, yeah, it's real funny. You get a good laugh, right? But that's actually pride masquerading itself in the midst of me. So how is it for you? What does pride masquerade itself as in you? And finally, how much longer do you plan to let pride be the boss of you? 
How much longer are you going to let pride keep you from initiating reconciliation with that person? There's some of you right now that are literally sitting and listening to this and being like, nah, I don't want to hear it. Or you're listening to this and you're saying like, I actually know what I need to do, but I'm not going to have you tell me to do it because I have too much pride in that, that it's taking this moment right now of conviction to actually make me move (laughs) towards reconciliation, towards sitting down with my son or daughter and saying, hey, I'm proud of you. You know, like right now, you can make a whole lot of decisions and say, you know what, pride? You're not the boss of me. You know what? Watch this, pride. You know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to sign up for Rooted. And I hate Zoom. (laughs) I don't do Zoom. I'm done with Zoom. I can't do it. It's not community. But you know what, Pride? I'm going to lean in all the way, and I'm going to see what what community I can even find around there. I'm going to make time of my schedule. You know what I'm going to do, Pride? I'm going to find a a small group, a a community that I can connect with on a regular basis. You know what, Pride? Watch this. I'm going to sit here and watch the children's service with my kids, and we're going to have a conversation about it, even though maybe sometimes I don't feel like I can have a conversation about it because I just don't feel that educated about what's going on and how to have those types of conversations. You know what, Pride? Watch this. You're not the boss of me. I'm going to text my daughter or my son or my mom or my dad, and I'm going to say, hey, let's have a conversation. Let's have a chat about some issues that I've had, some of my pride. You know what, pride, watch this. You're not the boss of me. Watch what I'm about to do. Pride, you know what? I have money right now, and there's actually people in need right now, and so I could practice what it looks like to be living a generous lifestyle. You know what, pride, watch this. Watch this. I'm going to give for someone else. You want some of that, pride? You want some of this? I'm going to actually show up and watch someone's, like, awful (laughs) recital on Zoom, right? Because I'm proud of them, and I want them to know that I care about them. I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to tell somebody that I love them. I'm going to write a note to someone, and I'm going to tell them how I really feel about them and how they really make me feel. I'm going to sit down and open up and just say, you know what? I've been screwing it up. I don't have it all wrong. I am a ball of emotions, and these are some things that are hard for me. You know what, Pride? We're going to have a a family meeting and we're going to talk about what are some of the emotions that you're struggling with most right now. And then you know what, Pride? This is crazy. We're going to pray about it and we're going to pray about it out loud. Pride, you're not the boss of me. You are not the boss of me. I have a boss. He's my Lord and Savior. It is Jesus. So friends, let's Let's worship and respond to our Jesus who loves us so much that he was obedient to death, even death, on the cross. Would you pray with me? Father God, just thank you for Jesus. God, would you just, would you give us the courage? Would you give us the strength just to Look our pride in the face and say, you're not the boss of me. And God, from that, would you give comfort and peace that only comes from you? We give you just our praise right now. We give you this worship. We love your name and pray. Amen.